0: We've been talking about the breath of God and, um, we've been talking about how, um, we need to be a church that is spirit filled, a church that is, uh, dependent on the Holy Spirit, receptive to the Holy Spirit, walking and being led by the Holy Spirit. And throughout this last, these last few weeks, we've been talking about the breath of God. The one thing that I've been saying and emphasizing the whole time is that, uh, if, if we're going to be a spirit led and spirit-filled people, we've got to learn how to be devoted to prayer. We're gonna to have to learn how to do this thing called prayer. And so this morning, I want us to, I had to jumpstart my car this morning. And while I was doing it, I felt like God said, that's what I'm gonna to do to some people's prayer lives this morning. So I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I can take this moment and turn it into, you. this is how you can speak to me through anything. But this is what I'm hoping this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the defibrillators, is that what they're called? Medical people, you know those things, you know, are out this morning. And the word is going to do that to some of you this morning, that there's going to be a jumpstart to your prayer life. How many of you know that prayer can be one of the most frustrating things in the world? Even boring, even awkward. I mean, it's just sometimes you can feel like you're really wasting your time in prayer. Hey. And you feel like, why did I do that? Um, And it is awkward. My first memory of prayer, this is my first memory, okay, of praying, was when I had just heard about prayer, and I went to my bedroom. I was a young boy, and I prayed. I got on my knees because I thought that's what you had to do, and I prayed, and I said, Dear God, please, can I have a surfboard? That 100% legit, that's exactly what I did. And then I got up, And the doorbell rang. And I walked to the doorbell and it was my neighbor and I was like, hey Jamie, what's up? And he said, hey Wayne, my brother is just clearing out his room and he says, would you like his old surfboard? I was like, you are kidding me. He said, no, I'm being serious. (laughs) He came and brought me his surfboard and I had a surfboard. I went back to my bedroom and I got down on my knees and I said, dear Lord. Please, could I have a Ferrari? (laughs) True story, I'm not joking, I know this sounds like it, this is me, this is my life. I'm still waiting for the Ferrari, you know? (laughs) Some of you are like, is it gonna, what, did the doorbell ring again? I hope the doorbell was ringing, I waited for the doorbell to ring all day. and I'm still waiting. How many of you have prayed and you've seen a result and it's so encouraging, but then you've prayed and you've, you haven't seen a result. And it's so discouraging. It's like, oh, you know, did he hear me? Was it the right thing to ask for? I don't know. Did, I, were you unhappy with me, God? Do, you, do, you, is it, is it, was that a good prayer to pray? Did I not pray it in the right way? And so there's all these questions that go through our mind with unanswered prayer and it kind of builds up to the point where we start to feel like maybe this Prayer thing is is not like not really what I should be devoting my time to. Maybe it's not as effective as as what I thought. Um, I, went, I I I remember when one day I was arriving at my parents in law's house and. Um, Trisha's great aunt was there and uh, I met her in the parking lot and we just come back from church or something And it was like, oh hi, how are you? And she said, oh no, my neck is really sore And, and I was like, oh shame and I, and I just reached out and I touched her neck and I just said Jesus, I pray you touch this neck And, and then I walked away and then we the kids were coming out the car and there was dogs and you know It was just like, you know chaos moment just like that. She was instantly healed I didn't know that it was like a neck problem, you know, like a, a real neck problem. She was. In, she said she felt this. She didn't say a word. She didn't tell us. We went through lunch. We went through everything. She was healed. She didn't know how to process it. She wasn't really a believer. Okay. So she didn't know how to process this whole thing. Later that afternoon, she got the courage to tell Trisha's granny, listen, Wayne prayed for me. When he touched me, I felt this warm feeling go through my body, and my neck is completely fine. Jesus Graham was like, that's amazing. All right, And then they, they, they were so excited in that moment that they said, there's there's another auntie who's, <laughs> who's also <laughs> sick and the condition is bad. We get the phone call later that evening, can you come pray? <laughs> and we're like, what? You, the, the neck was healed. No way, man, that's so cool. Yes, we'll come pray. We went and prayed, but nothing happened. you know there was all this expectation you know like i was excited you know like breakthrough and and we prayed but but nothing happened in that moment something happened but nothing immediate right there it's frustrating isn't it hey it's like we just want we want prayer to work on our terms hey we want it to work the way we want it to work when we want it to work we want god to answer the way he does it that in in our way uh, in our timing and and it's somehow it's this it's this it's the thing that is in our control but not in our control. We can do it, but we can't do it. Uh, and the results are sometimes there and sometimes not there. And what I'm going after this morning is this that we can become hesitant with prayer. And then the and the and the result is that it becomes an addition to our lives, and we do it if we have time for it. And we do it haphazard, incidentally, and without any real structure or order or process behind it. That we don't actually give it like attention and place because it's elusive. Because we're not sure what we're going to get out of it. And and really, you know what I've come to find is that the enemy capitalizes on unanswered prayers. He comes onto that moment and then he showers you with doubts and because you didn't see anything immediately, your, your everything, and he comes into that moment and he speaks so much doubt and so much like discouragement over it that you shrink back and you don't want to try it again. And your faith becomes weakened. And then you don't really have the energy to do it again and to reach out and pray for someone to, again. How many of you have felt awkward when you pray? Yeah, come on. Isn't it awkward? Sometimes you go into prayer and you're talking to someone and they're not talking back to you. How many of you felt like you're talking to the roof sometimes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the brick wall. <laughs> you, it feels like you, you're talking and then you're not hearing anything back. So you're not really sure, did I say it right? Did I do it in the right way? And, and you start to feel sometimes in your prayer time that maybe maybe nobody is hearing anything in this moment. Or sometimes when we pray, um, it's not only awkward, but but sometimes when we pray, our minds are wandering all over the place. And we come into prayer and... We start praying, and we start talking to God, and yeah, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this thing, I'm praying, I'm praying. And then the next thing, um, we we like, it's 10 minutes later, and you're thinking about your day, and you're thinking about this. You've actually stopped praying, and your mind has actually taken you on a on another journey. And, uh, and then you've actually just been thinking about your life. You haven't actually been praying. Who knows what I'm talking about? You experience that quite a bit, hey. It's, uh, the Bible talks about the mind of the spirit and the mind of the flesh. And it's, and it's so hard to change gear from the mind of the flesh and become the mind of the spirit. The mind just wanders off into its own kind of thing. And, and then you walk out of that time and you don't feel fulfilled and like it's, you've accomplished anything. Sometimes prayer can even feel like going for a jog. <laughs> you know you know you come back maybe you're tired and and you know the like the right thing to do is go do some physical exercise or you know just go for a jog go for a cycle do do something outdoors or something but that couch my goodness it looks so good and 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 and, and there's options like there's there's social media that's like it can sometimes feel so much more rewarding than engaging in prayer you know or tv or even a book, or even phoning a friend, or I don't know, getting busy cleaning the house, or you know, there's there's so many other options to prayer, and um, and a lot of them can feel far more rewarding to the to me than actually engaging in this thing, and not knowing how it's actually going to work out. Will I be in there 20 minutes, and then my, my mind's going to go somewhere else? Will I will I go into it? Will I get an answer? Will I not get an answer? Um. And 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 so we yeah we we lower this thing called prayer. It becomes an addition, an attachment to our lives. If there's a problem, then we pray. <laughs> hey, when there's exams, we pray, right, students? When when there's a trial or something, then we engage in this thing, prayer. And it can seem sometimes like having a prayer life is like this elusive goal. It's like this thing that we can never really get to. Can never really grasp this thing, and I'm hoping this morning I just want to share some some strategy with you. I want to just share some tips with you. I want to sh- just help you this morning with some things that you can take this morning and apply to your life, and it's going to enable you to take your prayer to the next level, whatever that level is. You know, you might not you might not be at the level that Knox is at in terms of prayer. Okay, but that's okay. What's your next level? Where, what's your next step when it comes to prayer? So the first thing is this, or let, let me just say this. <laughs> prayer is, when we look at the Word, okay, when we look at our lives, we know it's an addition. When we look at the Word, prayer is the way the kingdom of God comes. Prayer is the way. Jesus, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, He said, this is how you pray. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the kingdom? It's everything that God has for us. It's heaven on earth. The way that heaven comes to earth is through prayer. I mean, the way that we experience what heaven has here on earth is by praying. That is the means. It's the mechanism. It's the, it's the way it comes. We would love it to come through watching TV. We would love it to come through, like, I don't know, anything else, you know. But it, but God has said, no, this thing is going to come through prayer. You have to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Everything that God has in terms of blessing for our lives, provision for our lives, everything like healing for our lives, it comes through prayer. Prosperity comes through prayer. Wisdom. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, what do you need to do? Ask. What is, what is asking? Pray, <laughs> as prayer is the mechanism it's the means by which we get wisdom Knox was talking about prayer changing you she's experienced that in her life I've experienced that in my life if you want to change if you want to be a better leader a better person a more loving compassionate, just engage in prayer because as you pray prayer changes you into Christ's likeness as we behold him we are transformed into his likeness it says in the Bible so Prayer is the means by which we change. Not only us, but our world around us. It's the way to salvation. How are you saved? You pray. (laughs) You say, Lord Jesus, come into my mouth. The Bible says you believe in your heart, but then you confess it with your mouth, and then you are saved. What are you confessing with your mouth? You're confessing a prayer. It's prayer. So it's the way to, to salvation. It's the way for the blessing of God to flow. It's the way... We understand the will of God if you're confused about life. The the one psalmist writes, I was in turmoil about my life, and then I went to the sanctuary, and I understood. Prayer brings understanding to our lives. Pete Gregg said this. He said, the rusty hinge of history in every generation is the bended knee. I like that. And I want to say, and and history has proven this. You know, it's like the, the rusty hinge of history. In other words, history turns... As we bend our knees in prayer. Uh, History changes. The, The course of lives, the course of nations changes when we get together as the people of God. And we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Everything starts to shift around so that history becomes his story at the end of it. And it's not just history, but it's your story as well. Your story changes. Your life changes when you become a person who's devoted to prayer. When you give yourself to prayer, your, the entire trajectory of your life, your destiny, your purpose changes. It turns around. I know there's been times in my life where I felt dry and empty and I feel like I'm going nowhere. And I look back on those times and I said isn't it a coincidence that a lot of those times are times where I was actually not devoted to prayer? And then I look at my life and I look at some of the most exciting times of my life where God is moving and stuff's happening. And I'm like, hang on, that was a time when I was really devoted to prayer. And this is what it is. It's the mechanism that turns our life around. And things get really exciting when we give ourselves to prayer. Man, we start to just coincidences are actually start becoming God incidences. You meet people that, and you bump into people at just the right time, in just the right place. You know, you, you have the words to speak when before you were so worried about what you would say. You, start, you, know, you just start to see this incredible tapestry of God beginning to move in our lives in such an incredible way when we devote ourselves to this, this thing called prayer. So it's, it's essential that we know that. That, that, that then is then the foundation upon which we build our prayer lives. If you want to go to the next level, the first thing you need to have is a foundation. What is the foundation? The foundation is that prayer is essential. It's essential to your destiny. It's essential to seeing the kingdom in your life. It's essential to your blessing, to your health. To your prosperity, to your family's prosperity, it is essential. It's a, it's a non-negotiable. There's no plan B in scripture. You know, there's no book in the Bible where it says if all you, if you just play Xbox, the kingdom will come. <laughs> you know, there, there isn't that, unfortunately, you know. There is, there isn't this, like, if you pay this much money, the kingdom will come. You can't buy it with money. You can't do it in your own strengths. Because it's not in might and it's not in power, but it is by His Spirit. There's no other way. So the, we have to have that it's settled in us. This thing is, I have to master this. If I'm going to master anything in my life, this, I have to, have to have this thing in my life. I have to have it. It's a non-negotiable. It's essential to move forward. And then, And, and, and in that foundation is all of that understanding of its power. In that foundation, you have to feed your foundation. You know, when you, when you read the Word, you see incredible testimonies of times when Israel was at war or troubled and they gave themselves to prayer or even to fasting. And how, how we see breakthroughs come. We see David praying and then he declares, "The Lord, you are the Lord of breakthrough. You know, there is there, always this... There's call to prayer, and then there's this answer to prayer. If we look at the book of Acts, we see them gathering for prayer, devoting themselves to prayer, and then we see these incredible answers that come. And so we have to, in our foundation, that this thing is essential, we have to also understand that it's powerful, that that it works, that it is there. It's in the Word of God. And that then is the foundation. That becomes the expectation that we have to build on prayer. The next thing, if we're going to take our prayer lives to the next level, is we have to learn to let the Spirit lead our prayers. In Romans 8, verse 26, there's a scripture that's going to come up. Romans eight twenty-six. Can we read it together this morning? It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay. So if you want to go to the next level, you've got to learn how to lean on the Holy Spirit in prayer. This is kind of like the unplanned part of going to the next level. Um, This is, you know, what I find with with our spirit man is because we're so cluttered with life and busyness and that sort of thing. um, It's like, you know, in Romans 8, in the same chapter, he talks about, you know, the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit and, and the flesh is at war with the spirit and the spirit with the war. They cannot be friends with each other. We know that battle. Hey, it's like we want to do what's right, but the Jesus said, you know, ah, oh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, so the flesh is always pulling us away from prayer and the spirit is wanting to pray. So we've got to learn how to, to stir up our spirit man by praying in the spirit. That's why I thank God for the gift of tongues. You know, the gift to be able to speak in tongues is such a wonderful, beautiful blessing from God. Because when the Bible says when you pray in the Spirit, you, you strengthen your spirit man. You build it up. And what can happen is you can, you, you, if you learn how to, so sometimes this is what I do in prayer, is sometimes I'll just give 20 minutes to praying in the Spirit. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to give 20 minutes to praying in the Spirit. Just I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. And what happens is as you start to do that, you start to shift from the mind of the flesh to the mind of the Spirit. And then the Spirit starts to lead your prayers. You know, Trish and I experience this sometimes when we pray in the morning is what we'll do is we'll go before God and we're tired and we don't feel like praying and it's dark and it's cold and we're sitting on our couch sharing a blanket and we like, I'm looking at her and she's like, do you want to do this? And I'm looking at her going, I don't want to do this, you know, and there's, <laughs> there's this moment of like, okay, and then we pray and we say, Holy Spirit, come, lead our prayer. We give ourselves we, to this moment, we give you this moment, come and make it effective. And we begin to pray in the Spirit. And we begin to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. And then after a while, you start knowing what to pray for. And then I find that she starts to pray for something, then I feel encouraged to pray also for that thing. And and then what happens is it's, it's actually unplanned time. We're not going into our time of prayer with a, a list at this point. We're just allowing the Spirit to lead us in prayer. And, the, and sometimes we don't know how to pray or what to offer worthily, but the Spirit will lead us. So we must learn to how to be dependent on the Spirit. Next level prayer is about learning to let the Spirit lead your prayers. Sometimes we can have a, an agenda, one, two, three, four, okay? And agendas are good, and we're going to talk about having agenda this morning, all right? But we, we, we cannot have the room for the Spirit. We've got to have planned and unplanned working together, Okay, and be sensitive to allow the Spirit to lead us. And when He does that, man, it, it becomes so effective. All right? so, so firstly, allow the Spirit to lead your prayer. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit and the gift of talking in tongues, we want to pray for you this morning after this service and trust that God will give you that gift this morning. What do you need to, to have it? The Bible says you need to have faith in Christ, be a child of God, and desire it. That's all. <laughs> Faith and desire, working together, and, and God can bless you with that gift this morning. So we're going to pray for you at the end of the service. Secondly, let me talk about planned prayer, going to the next level. Um, we have got to, we've got to take prayer a little more seriously in our lives. Okay? And what I mean by this is, is typically when we pray, we will pray something like this. We'll say, Lord, I, I thank you for protection for today. Thank you for safety. I thank you that you're going to give me strength to get through this day. Thank you for wisdom for my meeting later on today. Amen. That sounds like a normal prayer, right? Is there anything wrong with that prayer? No. It's a good prayer. Okay. However, all right, we go through our day and a lot of that will happen. All of that will get answered, but we don't really acknowledge that it was really God. Because we weren't really asking for anything specific in that moment. So we know, we, and then we forget it thereafter as well. And, and so what that kind of prayer can sometimes become is still a good prayer. Okay. All prayer is good prayer. Okay. Any prayer is a good prayer. But what can sometimes happen is we, we, we can stay novices in this thing and we've got to go to another level. You know, I'm talking about like where we, 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 we don't, we, we ask these prayers and it's actually more like religious pleasantries. Because we know we should say, we should pray for protection, we should pray for strength, we should pray for blessing, we should pray for help, we should pray for wisdom. So we know this, but, but there's no, nothing to measure whether, did God come through in that moment? Was there a breakthrough? Was there something? And it's, it's kind of like it's a, and it is good because it's, we, sur- we need to surround our lives with prayer, okay? It's just like a surrounding prayer but we but we can take those kind of prayers to another level. And we're going to get real practical, okay? Let me let me show you an example this morning. Take a look at this. All right. He has a prayer. Lord, can we say it together? Lord, I need more money. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay, how many of you have prayed that? Lord, I need some more money, please. Come on. We there's a, there's half of you are, are not telling the truth this morning. Um, I need more money. And that's a good prayer to pray. However, can I show you how we can take that prayer to another level? Okay, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, another option. Lord, I believe that you've called me to be a giver and a supplier for your kingdom. I'm trusting you for 500000 to cancel all my debts. I believe you to double my turnover in this next year. And as you empower me, I trust you to increase my overall giving to 20% so I can be generous on every occasion and enable me to finance XYZ missionaries with 2000 rand per month and buy my mom a new car. Okay. That's called supersizing. You know when you go to McDonald's and they say, would you want to supersize that? Okay. We come in. That's called supersizing. Okay. Now let's just examine this, this morning. Let's just examine this type of prayer this morning. If we look at some of the things that are in this prayer, what, what are some of the things that we see? Avi, if you wouldn't mind going to the next slide. Some of the things we see in that prayer is that it's specific. Okay, specific. Can you see? I believe that you've uh, 500K, 20%, 2,000 per month, uh, double my turnover. When? This year. There, there are specifics that are there, we will know if that prayer was answered or not. True? Yeah. Why do we like to pray vague prayers? Just in case we're not disappointed. So vague prayers are actually faithless prayers. People, faith is specific. It's much easier just to say, Lord, can I have some more money, please? Because it's vague. You know, how much? When? For what? Why? How? You know, the, none of that is being answered there. And so, if it, if it happens, glory to God. But if it doesn't, it's okay. It's okay. Because, you know, I still trust Him, you know? I, I think God is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. And vague prayers are actually faithless prayers. They're just religious pleasantries. If we really want to be people of faith, we need to get specific about our prayers. We really need to ask God for specific things. Pastor Ki Cho, one of the largest churches in the world, he said this, God does not answer vague prayers. <laughs> this is from a man who prays six hours a day. And I say amen to that because you know what? Even if he did answer, we don't even know that he did. Maybe it was just me. I got that more money, and he actually can't take any glory in it. A vague prayer doesn't doesn't bring any glory to his name. But when we go to the hospital, we say, "Lord, we're trusting you to to cause that tumor to go in the name of Jesus. We're trusting you to turn this thing around. We're we're being specific. You know, we're saying this is what we need." And that is that is faith. And if God answers, we know God has answered and we give Him the glory for it. He takes the glory. Okay, so being specific is key to taking your prayer to the next level. What is something else we notice in this uh, passage here? Is that it's, this prayer is kingdom-orientated. It's kingdom-orientated. What do I mean by that? Well, look at, like, look at how it's, I believe that you've called me to be a giver and supplier for your kingdom You know, I want you, I don't want just money. I want money so that I can advance your purposes on the earth. This person who's praying this is somebody whose life is not being lived over here and God is over there and God, you need to come and bless my life. No, this person is living their life in God. They see their life in God and they've orientated their life around God's purposes. That they want to see the kingdom come, they want to see missionaries being raised, they want to see their their family being blessed. There's there's a kingdom orientation to this type of prayer. The Bible says this seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then (laughs) this is a key. If you want to go to the next level, you have to learn how to seek the kingdom first in your prayer. And now this speaks to motive. Come on, let's be honest. This speaks to our motives. Like, do we really want more money so that we can give it out there? <laughs> now, that's the kind, this is, this is good. That's the kind of question we need to ask ourselves. Why do we want God to bless us with this new house? Why? So that people will have a place to stay, Lord. So that I can be hospitable on all occasions. That if someone needs a house, I've got a house for them. Or do I just want a new house? We have to really check our hearts, people. How much of our prayer is about us and not about the kingdom? Jesus arrived here. What was he preaching? The kingdom. And he was saying, this is how you enter the kingdom. He's called us into his kingdom. We are born into this kingdom. Our primary purpose in this life should be his kingdom. And you need to know how your life fits into his kingdom. And you need to really be genuine in your heart that, that you want this because you want the kingdom to come. And you need to uh, sift and allow your heart to go through that process. Go through that process. Say, why do I want this? Is it, is it for me? Is this for your glory? Because sometimes, you know, we can pray, oh Lord, I trust you to bless me for your glory, Lord. And if I win that lottery, Lord Jesus, you know I'm going to tithe on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and buy my nice stuff and buy my nice stuff, you know. I will, I will remember you, Lord. I'll remember you, Lord. No, no, no. That's, that's not it. Kingdom first. Kingdom is first. I seek first the kingdom and then these things, they get added unto me, okay? Kingdom orientated prayer. Next, look at this. It's destiny drenched. I believe that you have called me to be a giver and supplier for your kingdom. This person knows their destiny and purpose in God. They know what God has called them for. What has God called you for? And start building prayer around your destiny. Remember, it's the hinge that turns history. It's the hinge that turns your story. Lord, I believe you've called me to be an entrepreneur and supplier to your kingdom. Therefore, I pray like this. It's destiny drenched. Not only this, it's bold. Look how bold this prayer is. I believe you to double my turnover. When? This year. I'm trusting you not for 10%. I'm trusting you to take me to 20%. You know, there's a boldness in this prayer. And if God knows no limits, <laughs> then our prayers should also know no limits. Otherwise, we have got an incorrect picture of our God and His ability. And it's not honoring to Him. Bold prayers are honoring to Him. Prayer needs to honor Him. Prayer is something that should should speak to what we believe He is able to do. Um, bold prayers. Hebrews eleven six says this. It says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for He who comes to Him must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him." So I want to challenge you to take the prayers that you're praying. And write them out and supersize them. Put times on them. Put places on them. Put dates. Put figures on them. Put, make it, you know, like, and, and don't just like suck them. Okay, I'm going to just dream big now. No, no, no. This is about allowing the Spirit to lead you. Allowing the Spirit to coach you. Take your prayers and start to write out some of your prayers. Start to articulate them well. Um, Mark Batterson said the following. He said, prayers are prophecies. This is so beautiful. Can we read it? Can we read it? Read it together. Let's go. Prayers are prophecies. They are the best predictors of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the transcript of your life. I love that. Now, this guy wrote a book called Praying Circles, and I love this book. It's one of my favorite books. And in this book, he talks really about this principle of supersizing your prayers. And he actually says it's like praying a circle. So you take this area of your life called your finances, and you begin to articulate or transcribe your prayer. Write it down. Put dates, times. Make it specific. Make it bold. Make it kingdom-orientated, you know, make it like this. And then he says, and then start to give yourself to it. Start to make it like a mandate, something that you come to and you work on, something that you put labor into. I'm coming, I've written it out, but I'm going to now labor it. I'm going to begin to pray it and speak it day after day, day after day. And and he talks about how when he started to do this, he started to see some incredible miracles take place. One thing that their church was trusting for was their own facility and property. And he went walking around Washington and walking around Washington and he saw an incredible piece of land. It was the only piece of land that was actually available, but he loved it. And they were like, and he felt like God was saying, this is it, you know? And so what he did was he got people together. They walked around that land. It's good to surround, walk and pray, huh? Eh? Walk and pray. Pray on site, with insight, is a good thing. If you're trusting for, for something, a neighborhood somewhere, go there. Stand there. And walk around because every place upon which the soul of your shall trade, that has he given to you. It's good to pray on site with inside. And they prayed this thing for like seven years. Mary, dramatic story after story of just didn't come through, didn't come through. Then it came through. Then it went off the cards again. And then they didn't have the money and that to trust all the money. And eventually after, I think it was like seven years or something, God, this, it came through. Um, And it came through miraculously and they got a debt free as well. I mean, it was an incredible way beyond them, a church of only 50 people to have a property that was like, I don't know, 7 million or something like that, you know. And it was just so beyond them, but they were people of prayer. And they took their prayer and they supersized it to the next level and they didn't give up on it and they saw the results. And we see, this is the thing we must understand is that um, prayer, as we begin to pray, sometimes battles begin to start. <laughs> you know, as we begin to pray, sometimes things start to get messed up and, and things start to go a little bit wrong and a little bit haywire and stuff like that. And, and we, sometimes we shrink back and we think maybe, you know, we're not doing the right thing. But no, this is what prayer does. It begins to reorder the spiritual climate. Around our lives, it begins to change, break curses, it begins to move demonic powers. It begins to—we don't know exactly where it's going, but we do know that Jesus taught we ought always to pray. And so, as we consistently take this type of prayer and supersize it, we start to see the results in our lives. And it can get more exciting. What could you go and transcribe today? Or could you take this week and, and write out some prayers that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to give myself to this prayer. And if it means this year or two years or five years, I'm, I'm going to pray this prayer because I'm trusting God for this. Amen? Amen? Here, I wanted to workshop with you this morning, but we're going to run out of time, I can see, because I'm kind of going down rabbit holes. Here are some things, examples for you. All right. Lord, help me with my studies. Lord, please bless my family. Lord, I need more strength. Lord, I need a job. Okay? Those are like typical, normal prayers that we pray, right? How could you take that prayer and supersize it like we did the last one? How could you take that prayer? Which one is more applicable to you? Choose choose one of those and then go and supersize it. Okay? Take it to the next level. Add who, when, how, what. Okay? Okay? But we I was going to do it this morning, but we don't have time. Then what do you do after that? Once you've transcribed your prayers, three things. You need to soak it, you need to schedule it, and you need to share it. Okay? Can you say soak it? Schedule it and share it. What do I mean by soaking it? Well, Jesus said this. He said in John 15, he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So what you do is that that prayer that we saw earlier, Lord, I'm trusting you to double my turnover, cancel the debts to this amount. What you do is you start to soak that prayer in the Word, in the words of Jesus. And so you take scriptures that apply to financial blessing and financial prosperity, and you write them around that prayer. Okay? And you soak that prayer into, so that you're praying scripture when you pray that prayer. You soak it in the word. The word is powerful. When we begin to speak the word and pray the word over that, over that circumstance, we start to see the kingdom come. So now somebody this morning and say, you need to soak your prayers. Secondly, schedule it. In Luke 18, Jesus said this. He said, Then he spoke to them a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Consistency is a key to seeing the fruit of prayer. We have to learn to be consistent. But you see, we can't be consistent if we're just praying vague prayers. We have to first articulate our prayers, transcribe them, and then we have to schedule time where I, I, you take that prayer and you say, Monday mornings is when I pray this. And you have an appointment. It's in your diary. It's not a tag onto your life. It's like, I'm coming to this thing and I'm going to work. Alright? The Bible calls prayer labor. Okay? I'm going to work. I'm gonna go work on this prayer on Mondays this is what I'm praying for on Tuesdays I schedule what I'm going after it's in my diary it's not an if I've got time for it it's not a Like, maybe if I get there kind of thing. No, you've transcribed it. You've got your scriptures for it. And you arrive fresh like you are going to meet the president. Amen. Like you're ready for it. You've washed your face. You've got the sleep out of your eyes. You're like, you're awake. You had your coffee. You had your brushed your teeth. You're meeting with the King of Kings. And you're bringing that transcription. And you're bringing the words and promises that he's given you. And you get to work on it. You've scheduled this moment. It's an appointment, man. Oh, if we can do this, man. Guys, we will see so much amazing stuff happen in your life. If you can schedule it, don't give him the leftovers. Don't give him a half wondering mind that's going down the road. Bring a transcript, bring scripture. Bring, come at the right time and at that particular moment it's interesting how God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. There was a particular time there was a t- there was an appointment that he had with Adam. It was that time of the cool of the day. I meet with adam that's what i do he God likes to keep to schedule. <laughs> Have you noticed that with the universe? It kind of runs on schedule hey <laughs> you know it's it's pretty much he's got a I think he's got a diary. Like, it's I don't want to see how big it is, you know. But, but I I want to, you know, honor his diary by having a diary and having him in your diary, and you be in his diary. To schedule it, okay? Don't bring. I'm a rewarder of those who diligently. What is diligence? Organized effort. Organized effort. I know, like I've read some prayer books, and some guys they. They would get dressed to go to prayer because they're meeting with the King of Kings. So they would they wouldn't they would go make sure that they were dressed proper and then go into prayer. And I don't want to say we have to do that because I love to pray in my Johnnys right? Okay, but but the the mentality. It, I love the mentality. I love the respect. I love the honor. I love the the prioritizing of it, rather than it's just okay. Let's just. We can do this, you know. Next level. Can you say next level? next level? Next level. All right. And if you schedule it, you'll be consistent. Share it. The last one this morning. Jesus said in Matthew eighteen nineteen. he said, Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I recommend that you share your transcript. Find a prayer buddy. Find someone that you can meet with and take your transcript and take their transcript and consistently, because you scheduled it, meet and share your transcript and pray your transcript with them and theirs with them. There is such power when we agree. Married couples, I want to encourage you, please pray together pray together you stay together <laughs> Amen There's Jesus said it If you agree when two or more agree it is it is done So we need to always pray so we need to schedule it we need to abide in his word and his word abiding in us the words must be in us and then we must share we must bring people into If you're going to if you know you've got a specific Thing coming up. Get a prayer team to help you in it. Get, bring people in who can stand with you. Not just everyone, maybe intimate people that you know well. Bring them into your life and say, right, we're walking towards this day. I need you to join with me and agree with me. That's what church should be. that we, 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 You've got multiple agreements that you're working with people and standing in faith because we're just honoring the words of Jesus here. Amen. All right, come, let's stand to our feet.